to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. Today is February the 8th. It's 2022, I'm Jay, and this is the second podcast of the day, believe it or not. Did one this morning and found that um, I have a couple of people who listen into things for me. And uh, several people said, hey, it sounds like you're talking about a specific situation in the state in which this story happened. I'll fill you in in a second if you didn't listen to the first one. And so I decided that uh, discretion being the better part of valor, that I would re-record the episode and try to offer uh, a better explanation. So, what story am I talking about? Well, first of all, let me tell you why it's been a minute since I've been uh, on the air here. Uh, I've been ill, and uh, I had a really low drop in blood sugar, which was, eh, you know, it got better. And then ended up with a cold or uh, a sinus infection, whichever one. So if my voice sounds crazy, that's why it does. Also, if I happen to cough, eh, life goes on. I'm not going to edit out everything. Um, So let's get back to the story. Uh, This morning I did a podcast and I talked about a story out of uh, Forsyth County, uh, North Carolina. And uh, according to news reports, the fire chief of the Griffith Volunteer Fire Department um, he was charged with two felony counts, two felony counts of falsifying fire incident reports. And uh, special agents went in, um, they uh, and they made an arrest. Um, and he was taken and uh, booked into into jail. And then I guess he was released. Um, he has a court date in March, I believe it is. And it's about, I guess, willfully misstating the number of personnel arriving on the scene so as to try to get a higher uh, fire insurance rating. And so that's a story. And that story, I think, is, is going to, um, it's going to kick off a number of stories, I think, coming up where we see more of this, more of uh, fire departments perhaps uh, underestimating the amount of trouble they can get into for misleading uh, not only the public, which is bad, uh, that's, that's the worst thing you can do is, is mislead the public, but um, in order to try to get higher insurance ratings or make things seem as if they're better than they are, they just pencil whip or uh, mislead people when it comes to the actual state of a fire department. And so here's where I want to make, uh, you know, here's where I want to draw a line between the story that happened and then what I'm going to talk about. I'm done talking about the story in Forsyth County, North Carolina. Now I want to talk about uh, this issue of why do people, why does a fire chief, why does a, anybody um, falsify data so as to make it appear that, uh, that they're doing better than they really are or to try to increase an insurance rating, whether it's through ISO or whether it's to achieve accreditation, whatever the case may be. Why do people do it? 
Well, you know, I think the first thing that comes to mind for many people is self-preservation. When a fire chief does something, are they doing it because it's best for the department and and their citizens? Are they doing it because they want to keep their jobs or they want to get a pay raise or they want to move on to another job, whatever the case may be. Here's the bottom line, though, when you're falsifying documents. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter, you know, what your motivation is if, if you're in a public position like this. It doesn't. The bottom line is when you falsify reports or when you uh, pencil whip training or whatever the case may be, um, you're, you're in trouble when people find out. If you're receiving money, or if something else is going on, give and take with that, then you're in real trouble. And, and here's something, too. And I didn't, I didn't really go over this in the first initial episode, but I, I want to go over this. People realize when, when departments start uh, making huge missteps. There are people out there who try to take advantage of situations. They will, you know, hear things out. They may even tacitly support it. But then when things go sour, they're going to be the first ones to run to the, to the media or run to investigators and, and say, you know what, this is what was going on. It's rarely your biggest enemies who report these types of things. You don't need the big enemies when you have friends who are so motivated by moving up themselves that they're willing to say whatever needs to be said. But having said that, the real issue is falsifying the data or misleading people. It's just not necessary. The, the key here, and I, I think this is important from a leadership perspective especially, is if you're doing right by your citizens and by your firefighters, you're going to try to paint as accurate a picture as you can of what's actually going on. And this is something I think that that people really need to understand. By painting an actual picture of your department, I'm not saying you don't, you know, color in the edges there or, or try to make things a little bit smoother, but by painting an, uh, an actual picture, you have a better chance of bringing in resources that help, as opposed to perhaps enhancing one's own reputation. If that's the goal, then you know what? You deserve what's going to happen. And it's important to note this as well. Oftentimes when you're dealing with uh, insurance ratings, you know, you go from a four to a three or whatever, or three to a two, two to a one, this involves money. If you're receiving grants and you falsified information on that, you receive COVID money. You falsified information on that. It doesn't matter what it is. Ultimately, yeah, it's going to end up putting you in a bad spot. And here's the thing, too. And I, I said this previously, and I want to emphasize this again. There are towns, small towns across America, cities, counties, whatever, where people genuinely believe that everybody around them is going to have their back. Well, I grew up in this county, or I grew up in this town, and everybody knows me, and they're going to have my back on it. Well, I'm sure that you enjoy Hollywood uh, movies, because that's just a false. It's, that's not what's going to happen. 
you put people, you start deposing people. You start, you start asking people to, to state the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And 99.9% of the people don't want to lose their freedom over something that it, it you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. There's no need to do this stuff. You see, this paints the fire service poorly. More importantly, it paints individuals, or excuse me, not more importantly, but it also paints individuals in an extremely, you know, it's unflattering. And so it's got to stop. That's the key. And look, pressure's always there. I get bowing to pressure sometimes. I do. It happens. That's what happens in life. And life isn't perfect. Life isn't a script. It's uh, very much improvisation your whole life. That's what it is. And oftentimes when we're trying to, to adapt and overcome, we make mistakes. That happens too. That's understandable. Creating false narratives, you know, creating situations that... And, and this is another thing. We are very much now data-driven in everything we do. We are data-driven. There are people who worship data. And I'm a fan of data. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the hell out of it. But data is only as good as the input. Garbage in, garbage comes out. That's the way it is. Garbage in, garbage out. So when false data is being put in via reports, it's damaging. It can change. It can impact the direction of a fire department. It impacts response. It impacts everything. So whether you like data or not, think about this. If you're inputting data and the data is false, Maybe people end up losing their jobs, firefighters, because it falsely paints the picture that you have too many. Maybe they lose their jobs later because the data painted the picture that you needed more when you really didn't. So they hired people, and now you can't pay them. My point is, exercise leadership in this area. You know, just say, ah, no, not going to take that easy way out. And look... I said in the first episode, and I think it bears repeating, um, 15, maybe 16 years ago, whatever it's been, um, I was writing for the fire service, doing a podcast. These were in the early days of of podcasts, and um, I did a deep dive on ISO, and I found that, uh, and I I met people from there, and I'll tell you, uh, still know some people there from there um and the bottom line is if you're trying to get a higher iso rating for example there's there's checklists it's not difficult they don't make it difficult we can argue about well does it really mean a great deal to fire protection if you're a one or a four monetarily there's a big difference we could you know it's you can argue all day about whether or not it's actually good or bad that's beside the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is with them, there's a checklist. You do those things, and if they're accurate, you're going to be good. If you can't do all those things, you don't have the water, you don't have this, you don't have the right equipment, whatever the case may be, and what you have to do is put things in order, then you move up. Um, You never want to create a false scenario there because ultimately, I watched it happen, And it ended up coming back and really biting people in tremendous ways, in tremendous ways.
Um, you lose a career, livelihood, pension. You lose everything. It's not worth it. That's my point. If you're submitting false reports, save for, for the uh, fire reports. I mean, that's hideous. We've talked about the data. But it also teaches others around the, the people who are doing this, teaches them that it's okay to do it. Of course, up until something like this happens. It's just not worth it. And that's the point I, wanna, I really wanted to ram home today. It's not worth it. And I believe we're going to see more of these stories. I really do. Um, I believe that, uh, that we'll start seeing more of these types of things. Um, I think, first of all, we forget that, uh, you know, everybody's flawed. We all are. Um, being flawed, there's nothing wrong with that because we all are. But not trying to do better, that's a completely different thing. And from a leadership perspective, it really leaves firefighters in the lurch because they're left behind to deal with the aftermath. That's unfortunate. Well, listen. This was just an update. I'm coming back tomorrow with a full podcast. It's not going to be on this. It's going to be on other things. Um, So I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Just wanted to come in and update this podcast. Until tomorrow, stay safe.